0: May 6th this year will go down as one of the saddest days in the history of the province of Quebec. Yes, that is because on that day, members of the Quebec National Assembly voted in favor of Bill 52, the act of respecting end of life. Supporters call it medical aid in dying. I call it what it is, euthanasia. It is now legal in Quebec. It is sad because we know how this goes. A law like this gets passed in one province or state and that empowers others somewhere else to move for a law in their province and slowly the slope gets slipperier and slipperier until inch by inch they take over the country. And before we know it, we'll be euthanizing children as in Holland. Unless we speak out, those of us who respect the dignity of every human person from conception to natural death need to take a stand in defense of the most vulnerable the elderly, the disabled. We need to also insist that our country provides quality palliative care for all, not just for those in big cities or those with resources. And for those of us who are Christian, especially if you are Catholic, we have to be absolutely clear that killing another human being is never acceptable. We must educate ourselves on the issue so that we can have these conversations with our friends and loved ones who may be swayed by the side that tries to convince us that it's okay to kill someone to ease their suffering. Mark my words, this is how it begins. But human nature shows that no matter what we do, there's always a slippery slope. Once we begin to believe that killing is acceptable under certain circumstances, we'll begin to believe that killing is acceptable under any circumstances. But just because it's legal doesn't mean that it's okay. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. We begin today, as always, by giving away a prize. Our winner today is Randy Phillips. Randy Phillips, you've won a copy of Joe Malendra's album, Kingdom Come, that we featured last week. If you haven't already, Randy Phillips, please contact us so that we can get you your prize. And for the rest of you, remember, winning a prize is really easy. All you have to do is go to saltandlighttv.org slash radio enter your name and your email address where it says stay connected for a chance to win weekly prizes. You can also see there who our previous winners are in case you missed it. And if you enter your name, please check your email because You may win, and that's the only way that we have to get a hold of you. Today, our parenting expert, Jillian Cantor, returns to tell us what she learned from her kids this week. She's going to be here in about 15 minutes right after Alicia's News and Andrew's Saint of the Week. And after that, we're going to speak with Beth Mahoney of Holy Cross Family Ministries. She's going to tell us a bit of the work that they do. And this weekend is Father's Day, so in our second half hour, we'll be speaking with Devin Schott about the call to fatherly greatness. He has a new book, Joseph's Way, suggesting an 80-day plan to unlocking your power as a father. That's in about half an hour, and I'm very excited about our featured artist this week, as it is someone I'm sure all of you have heard of. It is Colin Ray. Yep, Colin Ray, the country singer. Colin Ray. He just published his autobiography, A Voice Undefeated, and so he'll be joining us at the end of the program to tell us about his life, his career, fatherhood, suffering, and about his Catholic faith. Colin has three songs that are featured on a DVD that comes with the book. And so we're going to be playing those songs throughout the show. So let's begin with Colin Ray's Give Me Jesus from his spiritual inspirational album, His Love Remains. In the morning
1: when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, when I rise give me Jesus. me Jesus You can have all this world Just give me Jesus When I come to die Oh, when I come to die Yes, when I come
0: Was our featured artist of the week, Colin Ray, with Give Me Jesus, a track that he recorded during a live concert. And we're going to be speaking with Colin Ray in our second half hour and in about five minutes, Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. But first, Alicia had a busy weekend.
2: Yes, I did. So did the rest of the world.
0: And the Vatican. And the Vatican. (laughs) They
2: surprised us. Well, we knew that this invocation for peace was happening. Yes. We didn't know that that it was
0: was going to be televised. Exactly. (laughs) We thought this was going to be
2: a closed door. Kind care, of thing yes. and we would get photos afterwards. Well it turns out there were no doors. They did this outdoors at in the gardens. Garden.
0: That was interesting.
2: And they w- a lot of care went into choosing the location. They yeah. needed to find a location in the Vatican Gardens that was religiously neutral. Ne- so
0: not in front of the Statue of Mary. Well,
2: yeah, and that's the thing. Where <laughs> in the Vatican Gardens <laughs> are you going to find a corner that is yes, neutral? A nice flower. Religiously speaking. So yes. they found actually the gardens at the Vatican Museums.
0: Okay. Yeah, where okay. there was
2: nothing religious yes. around, symbolic around, because, of course, they're trying to balance, yes. they're trying to make Shimon yes. Perez and Mahmoud Abbas feel welcome, Yes, as well as the uh, ecumenical patriarch who yes. was there. And, mm-hmm. surprise, surprise, the patriarch of Jerusalem, the Orthodox patriarch of Jerusalem, yes. Theophilus the III, up. Yeah. showed up. It was kind of, it wasn't unexpected it just hadn't been confirmed until the last minute okay so you needed a place for all of these people to feel comfortable nobody had to feel so nobody had to feel like they were worshiping in someone else's Mm -hmm. house of worship yes um it went off quite smoothly and it was quite beautiful Uh, we got a lot of comments from viewers Mm -hmm. that it was just it was a beautiful peaceful event Mm -hmm. um now, of course, there was criticism of course from there different sides. Yes. From the um, Israeli side, the Jewish side, there were people complaining that, well, Shimon Peres was not a practicing mm-hmm. Jew. Yes people said. And mm-hmm. so what did it mean? Like did it have any weight that mm-hmm. he showed up for a prayer, a prayer for peace prayer. if yeah. he's not really a practicing person. Yes. Um same with Mahmoud Abbas. People mm-hmm. said he's not really practicing his faith either. Mm-hmm. So what does this mean? You're practicing. you're you're having an invocation, a prayer for peace, with two people who are not practicing. Yes. And the custos of the Holy Land, Father Pierbatsa Pizzaballa, uh-huh. that's a name. Um he came out and spoke to Avenida an Italian newspaper owned by the Italian bishops and he said you know both men are believers they might not be practicing their faiths but since when does well, since when do you require an imprimatur yes in order to participate in prayer in yeah, order to pray, pray. pray. Yeah. and he th- and he said not even religious congregations not even religious people have that imprimatur nobody has like the monopoly on the absolutely. right to pray absolutely. and he also warned actually against some of this criticism he said you have to remember some of this criticism is coming from commentators with a very specific point of view a mm-hmm. very specific ideological line and they're going to find any reason mm-hmm. to tear it apart right. so there was also criticism that the chief rabbi of Rome was not there and mm-hmm. um, And people said, okay, well, this kind of invalidates the whole thing. If the local rabbi doesn't want to show up. And again, Father Pizzabala said, well, you know what? He has his opinions and didn't participate. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. That doesn't invalidate this moment. And he said, concretely, you know what? Steps are being taken towards peace. And you have to remember that in the Middle East, small uh, symbolic gestures gestures often do a lot more than we think. Okay. Those symbolic gestures can open the door to concrete
0: steps. Yeah. Do you see, uh, I mean, I think it, it was bold of Pope Francis to make the invitation. Do you think that this might become a, uh, an annual event or something that might happen again? What is the sense that, it's, that you're hearing through the Vatican? Uh,
2: well, this is the other thing. Shimon Perez is a very, he's close to the end of his term. Yes. First, there was the criticism that his position is a largely ceremonial position. Mm -hmm. He's head of state. He doesn't Mm -hmm. have a whole Mm -hmm. lot of power, Mm -hmm. but, uh, people in Israel have said that he's also been referred to as the great saboteur. So when the, when the prime minister tries to take one line and he knows it's not the right line, he can do things to kind of circumvent that. Um, but so the fact that he is stepping down, he's retiring soon, kind of opens the question to, okay, so w- would will the next president be open to right, this? to something like this. Uh, or will mm-hmm. they be a little bit more controlled right. by right. by the prime minister? Mm-hmm. So that, that remains to be seen. Um, but there's goodwill on both sides. So yes. it could become something that happens more than once.
0: Yes. Okay.
2: especially if there's i think especially if there's concrete steps being mm-hmm. taken what you need is prayer to reinforce those concrete absolutely. steps absolutely
0: and i think that's the sense i mean it's the goodwill like you said and and if anybody can bring the two sides together it is someone like the holy right. father and what the middle east and israel and palestine need is prayer so exactly. that's that's all good alicia thank you very much for your your uh, your input you're very initiative. welcome. I'm, I'm sure we will hear from our listeners. Radio at org. Alicia Ambrosio is our Salt and Light Hour news producer. You can watch Alicia on Vatican Connections, her show, every Friday night on Salt and Light Television at 8 p.m. or on demand at org. You can also follow her on Twitter at Vati connections.
3: Hey, Audrey Asad here from Nashville, Tennessee, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: You can podcast our show for free at saltandlighttv.org slash radio. Visit us there and stay connected with us for a chance to win weekly prizes. And now it's time for Saint of the Week with Andrew Santos. Andrew, welcome back.
4: Thank you, thank you for having me.
0: So, who's uh, who's our saint this week?
4: Okay, um, no secret that I work with students all day, and yes. June is a big month for uh, many of our grade eights and our grade twelves. It's graduation month, right? And I'm going to be heading off to a whole bunch of graduations, and you know, speaking to our students and um, kind of giving them some inspiration as they go on to into their next. Uh, Days of life. So I thought that maybe we would look at the patron saint for Catholic education. Okay. Does anybody know who it
0: is? No. Do you know who it is? No, I do not know who it is.
4: Drum roll, St. Ursula.
0: Saint, oh, St. Ursula. Okay, yeah, I didn't saint know that. St.
4: Ursula. Yeah, absolutely. So here we go. Um, there are many legends out there um, that look at the life, uh, the journey, the vocation, the death of St. Ursula and her companions. It wasn't just her, but we know of, of her companions as well. Uh-huh. Ursula, we know, was the daughter of a Christian British king. Uh, the stories of her life are based primarily on um, an early senator whose name was Clematius, um, which were carved into a stone document that hangs in the church. I don't know if you saw this, uh, in the church of St. Ursula, which is in Cologne, Germany.
0: No, I didn't go. So I don't go. know if you
4: had the chance to see it when you were no, in uh, I, Cologne for World Youth Day. I
0: didn't go to World Youth Day in Cologne, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no.
4: Um, so any of our listeners who went to World Youth Day 2005, uh-huh. uh, there's a church named after St. Ursula there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also... a small details about her found in very uh, old liturgical documents and it wasn't until after her death that she became really really popular Uh, very popular after her death and her veneration um as a saint grew very rapidly in the church uh we know legend has it that ursula born into nobility born into a very wealthy family was given 10 maidens Hmm. can you just imagine was given 10 maidens as companions when she was a young girl nice the 11 of them traveled on 11 ships each accompanied by a thousand companions. How amazing. They sailed for three years. Uh, Ursula had requested a three-year stay of marriage to the son of a pagan king because she wanted to protect her virginity. Uh, Now, at the end of their journey, journey, the 11,000 virgins, they went to Rome. uh, Then they returned to Cologne. And there, in Cologne, they became martyrs. They were tortured and killed for their faith. So... um, a possible twist to this legend is the belief that the 11,000, that the 11,000 companions um, resulted from a misreading of the term 11-M, which oh. was inscribed in the stone. So this may have indicated 11 martyrs. This could have indicated Ursula and her original companions, rather than, you know, when you look at the Roman numeral, what does M, M mean? Yes. It means a thousand. Um, but there are many ancient manuscripts that do refer to the martyrdom of thousands of maidens Um, and yet exact history is kind of like a little shady. It's a little unclear. Interesting. Um, Devotion to the martyrs grew quickly. The Order of Ursulines, founded in 1535 by St. Angela de Merici, took St. Ursula as their namesake. Mm -hmm. And the order is especially devoted to the education of Catholic girls. So St. Ursula is the patron saint of Catholic education, of holy death, students, and teachers. And her feast day, I know it's not now, but June's a big month, in the schools, especially for me, in ministry.
0: Yes. Um, and her
4: feast day is October the 21st. Okay. So, And there's a Canadian co- um, connection. Okay. Because I believe the Ursuline sisters, correct me if I'm wrong, Deacon, but are they not in Quebec City?
0: They're in Quebec. I know there are Ursulines here in Ontario as well. Yes, so. yes. Um, yeah, they're here.
4: Yep, there's a Canadian connection here as well, so... We look to St. Ursula. Uh, Remember her feast day, October the 21st in the Universal Church.
0: Excellent. So we will pray to St. Ursula every time we go to a graduation uh, this month. Thank you very much, Andrew. Have a great week. St. Ursula, feast day, October 21st. Andrew Santos is the youth minister at St. Justin Martyr Parish in Markham, Ontario, and he is our saint expert.
5: What's up? It's Joe Melendrez, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro.
0: I'm Deacon Pedro. You can find Salt and Light Radio on Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1, and you can also find me on Facebook. Just look for Deacon Pedro and follow me on Twitter, at Deacon Pedro GM. And now it's time for What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back.
3: Thank you very much. How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. So what did you learn from your kids this week?
3: Well, this week I am learning from the very act of having and raising children, the importance of showing joyfulness. Um, and I think, I was, as I was kind of thinking over what I was going to say today, I, was, I realized I might have said this before, <laughs> but regardless, if it's coming up again, it must be a good lesson um, and one that I haven't quite caught on to yet. Um, but what is reminding me of this necessity to, to show joyfulness Um, was recently we, as a family, attended an ordination um, for three deacons and one priest uh, being ordained. And during the two-hour ordination, as you can imagine, it wasn't easy to to keep everyone, all of my little people, quiet and
0: attentive and
3: um, just generally well-behaved. So at one point during the homily, I was at the back of the church with, with one of them. I don't remember who. And the Archbishop is giving his homily, and I wasn't getting a lot of it, but some of the one phrase that hit me right in the head uh, all the way at the back of the church was, imitate what you celebrate. And what I think in in my very simplistic way of interpreting this and also not being able to hear everything else that he was saying was that he was telling the priests and the deacons that sometimes in your faith life you're not going to be feeling it but you still have this role to serve the people. And if you are not showing that joyfulness, if you're not imitating what you are celebrating, then you are doing a disservice to the people that you need to shepherd. And so isn't that also the case for a mom in the vocation of motherhood? I need to be able to show joyfulness. And it isn't just for my children. not to say that I can't have those feelings of frustration and... Um, and even anger sometimes, but the place to show them is not in front of other people. It's just a simple reminder that you just, you know, you need to put that smile on your face, and sometimes <laughs> you need to just keep talking in a sing-song voice or whatever it is. Just need to imitate what you celebrate, almost like a fake it till you make it kind of attitude, <laughs> so that you can um, you can just, I guess it's, it's kind of like a demonstration of a, of a pro-life attitude. You want to, to demonstrate to the people around you that these children are a gift to me, and I'm very happy to have them, even in the moments where happiness <laughs> may not be the natural result of um, some of the behaviors. Right. So, show joy. <laughs> imitate what you celebrate. Fake it till you make it.
0: Right. I like imitate what you celebrate, but you're certainly not saying put up with bad behavior, even if when you're in public.
3: There is a way that you can deal with it. That won't call into question your your, your joyfulness or your capabilities as mother or your uh, gratitude for having the children that you
0: have. Right. Thank you very much, Jillian. I like that. Imitate what you celebrate. Jillian Cantor is the producer of the Salt and Light TV program Mothering Full of Grace, and she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, and Inside Baby due in a few weeks.
3: Hi, this is Jackie Francois, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Jesus Pedro.
0: Send us your comments via Facebook, facebook.com slash slradio1 or email us at radio at org. Now, for the last few years, I've had the pleasure of occasionally working alongside uh, Holy Cross Family Ministries. Now, you may have heard the phrase, the family that prays together stays together. That phrase was coined by servant of God, Father Patrick Payton. He was a Holy Cross priest and the founder of Holy Cross Family Ministries, dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and his church throughout the world by promoting and supporting the spiritual well-being of the family. And to tell us more, I am now joined by Beth Mahoney. She's the mission director of Holy Cross Family Ministries. Beth, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
6: Thank you, Deacon Pedro, I'm delighted to be here.
0: I know, isn't this fun? So Holy Cross Family Ministries, ministries, what do you do?
6: As the director of mission, um, I organize our major events such as World Youth Day, our family retreat at the University of Notre Dame, our pilgrimage to Ireland every September, our family rosary retreat that happens in August, and all of our major rosary rallies around The country, and oftentimes I'm involved in major events in one of our 17 countries, such as the Eucharistic Congress that happened a couple of years ago in Ireland and other events that happen. Yeah. Oftentimes, our other countries will invite me to yeah. participate in yeah. their events. I
0: must tell you that I was confused because I mean, I've known you for a long time, and I actually never knew that that was your title because I would have thought that everything that Holy Cross Ministries does is mission, so I would have said, "Well, Beth is in charge of everything." But <laughs> Not <laughs> technically everything, <laughs>
6: but as the director of mission, um, one of the responsibilities is I guide the mission of the ministry.
0: I see. Okay. So,
6: in guiding the ministry, I kind of have my hand in everything that we do, uh-huh. as far as written word, social media, face-to-face ministries, I see, and that. I get it. But okay. I don't necessarily am responsible for yeah, everything, so but I kind of just guide the mission yeah, okay. to make sure that we're in line with Servant of God, Father yeah,
0: Patrick Paton's Patrick.
6: Yes. ministry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's a tongue twister, um, to make sure that we're in line with the family that prays together, right. stays together, and the I mission see. statement.
0: I see. Now, people maybe are f- more familiar with some of I don't know if I can call them, they're not really departments, other organizations that are affiliated, Family Rosary International or Family Theater Productions. Um, Tell us, so as mission director, or director of mission, Mission. um, how, what's your relationship to those three? So I got the Rosary and Family, Rosary International, Family Theater Productions, and the the, um, Father Payton Family Institute.
6: Correct. Those are, um, we really have four memberships of the ministry. Okay. We have Family Rosary, uh-huh. Family Rosary International, yeah. then the Father Payton Institute, and Family Theater uh-huh. Productions. So as the mission director, I just guide what is going on in, in those uh-huh. areas of the membership. Um, but we have directors in each one of them. So we have a director for the institute. Okay. We have a national director for Family Theater Productions. And we have a director for...
0: Okay. That oversees right, all of
6: the international.
0: I see. Can you tell us quickly offices. what what is the mandate of each of those? Sure. Three?
6: Um, family Rosary International obviously is the promotion of families praying the Rosary, just okay. like it is for Family Rosary. Yeah. Family theater production um, is really the education and inspiring through mass media. Uh-huh. Through production of radio and TV and film production, right? About the mission of Father Patrick Hayden, yeah. And then the institute is about research and education on family values and the role that um, we have in prayer with families going through difficult problems and
0: situations. Okay, so if I'm a parishioner, let's say a Catholic and what kind of support can I get can I get any direct support from your organization? Is that how you work or like how would I as a as a lay person uh find relationship with the work that you do?
6: Okay. Excellent question. Um we definitely want to uphold the spiritual well being of families. Yeah. So there's a lot of programs that we offer that will help people um with their difficulties um, to discern, to pray as a family, to go through some of the issues that families go through. Um, So a lot of our programs are geared towards helping families nurture as a family unit Uh and then calling them to pray. Because obviously we know sometimes when we're going through difficult situations, it's hard sometimes to pray. Although sometimes people gravitate to prayer when they're in difficult situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the ministry will also help people going through that. The institute right now is in Lima, Peru, and they have okay. direct service huh. to um, all of the issues that are relevant for families right now. Okay. Um, so we have counselors on s- on site for abuse and alcohol and right. other situations. And we also have that happening interwoven throughout our other offices throughout Uh our other um, countries our other 17 countries yeah okay what makes it interesting with the other countries is that they have sort of a combination of family theater and the institute and family rosary mixed in together with Uh that and for us in the united states they're separate memberships Uh uh-huh i see so our office in hollywood really does the mass media and the radio yes. and the tv and the film production and uh-huh. and all I of that see. and then family rosary really s- focuses on the family prayer unit of the ministry
0: right okay good beth that's all the time we have but this has been good Um, Hopefully, uh, I I know we've talked about Family Theater Productions, our our Hollywood undercover missionary, Mark Matthews, talks about you guys all the time. Um, But it's good to learn a little bit more about uh, the other ministries. Thank you so much.
6: You're welcome, Deacon Pedro. Thank you.
0: Beth Mahoney is the Director of Mission of Holy Cross Family Ministries. You can learn all about them at familyrosary.org. Coming up in our second half hour, 80 Days to Unlocking Your Power as a Father and a featured chat with country music legend Colin Ray so don't go anywhere. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. We've all heard it say that society goes by the way of the family, and the foundation of the family is marriage. But what if I told you that the way to change the family and strengthen society is actually to change fathers? That is the goal of a new book by Devin Schott, Joseph's Way. Prayer of Faith, which transmits the biblical vision of fatherhood, its necessity, its glory, and its irreplaceable effect on families and society. The book provides fathers with invaluable practical tools and profound spiritual insights to help them become the great fathers that God has created them to be. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by Devin Schott. Devin, welcome to the program.
5: Thank you for having me on.
0: So why do you say that the way to change the world is to change the human father
5: great question well if we look at from a pragmatic practical perspective uh, we see the stats uh, columbia university said that if uh, a relationship between a, a child and a father is strained the child has a 68 percent probability to be involved in drugs hmm. alcohol and premarital sex right and, and MSNBC study says that fathers have twice as much influence as mom in helping their children stave off teenage uh, you know pregnancy and t- teenage um, sexual activity yeah And and their Baptist Press even said that if the mother is the first to become a Christian in the family there's mm-hmm. a 17% chance that the family will follow huh. but if the father is the first there's a 93% probability wow. So what this indicates is that, from a human pragmatic perspective, the father is the anchor. He is the one who has been given this, this divine power to lead. But what does God have to say about it? In, in Malachi chapter four verse six, God Himself through the prophet Malachi says, in the end, before I come, before that great and terrible day, I'm going to send, you know, I'm going to send my prophet, and he's going to turn the hearts of children. You know towards their fathers and the hearts of fathers towards their children mm-hmm. and so what's going on here is the human father when he turns his gaze towards his children his children not only turn the children not only turn their gaze towards their human father but their heavenly father because the human father is a link he is between an image, heaven and yeah. earth between god the father and their children
0: right um yeah i've actually even heard it say that it's something like 75 percent of inmates in prisons had a strained relationship with father or no father. So that's so statistically, absolutely. Um, so, so fathers need help, support, strengthening. Um, you have one book. It's the first of a two volume series. What's, what's your hopes for the book?
5: Well, actually, I, I, I really don't know what my hopes for the book are. In fact, I, I wrote it, I wrote it to myself. I was really longing. Yeah. I, uh, basically i saw i envisioned fatherhood as a second-rate vocation I, I you know jesus's words in the great commission to to preach the gospel to all nations and baptize all nations yeah. it, that's where all the action i thought was at and so when my wife was pregnant with our, our third daughter she ended up on life support and suffered a hypoxic event where the oxygen was transmitted to her brain and, right. and my wife i was at that time i was involved in ministry um but i was also ha- holding down a full-time job And my wife just said, I need you at home. Mm -hmm. And in that process, I really felt like I wasn't following Christ, that I really wasn't, you know, heeding the Great Commission. And so I struggled with this idea of, can a father be a saint? Can a father really attain Christian greatness? Can he really be glorified by glorifying God the Father? And so in my pursuit of answering that question, I basically... Started writing this book to myself it was a letter to myself and it actually was four books and now it's it's constituted or comprises two books volume 1 volume 2 of Joseph's way right called the fatherly greatness
0: right and it's and it. I mean there this book has 80 chapters or 80 days or uh, I guess 80 meditations basically is it meant for me as a father to read a chapter every day how do how does it work
5: yeah, the book is broken down into bite-sized chunks, so it's very simple to digest. It's very simple to approach um, each. There's 80 days in the first book, and each day, you know, is approximately two or three pages, three or four pages. Yeah, and it's a progression. It's a chronological progression, a vision of fatherhood the lens of Saint Joseph from the beginning of his, you know, his call to greatness to the end. And in this book, volume one, gets us about halfway there, and so it's. From the moment of when he fled from his call to greatness, when he discovered the virgin pregnant without his cooperation, he initially fled from his role as a father, his role as a husband, the call that God had for him, he fled out of holy fear... Uh, You know of what was taking place in Mary but God relentlessly pursued Joseph and brought him back And the message to every father is that God needs you. God desires you you are vital You are important and you are necessary for the plan of salvation not only for your family, but for the world
0: Yeah, now the book is called Joseph's way you use Joseph St. Joseph as 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 an example Um, but you also talk about Abraham and Jacob and some other patriarchs why
5: Okay, yeah. Joseph is in the litany of Saint Joseph. There's, um, he's titled Light of Patriarchs,
0: uh-huh. and
5: so when we look at Joseph, Joseph does not have much to say. In fact, not a single Nothing. word of his is recorded yes. in the scriptures, right? But what he did was profound. And what what happens in, in Catholic, you know, uh, exegetical commentary, or when we're, when we're, you know biblical hermeneutics, when we're understanding the Bible, there's a thing called typology, yeah. where we find hints of the New Testament in the Old, and hints of the Old Testament yes. in the New, or revealed in the New. Yes. Well, Joseph, is light of patriarchs, he's he's hidden in these Old Testament patriarchs, particularly Abraham, and, uh-huh. and Jacob, and Moses, and David. And by comparing Joseph and letting his light shine on those patriarchs of old, and their fatherhood, and their role as husbands, that light bounces back off of them onto joseph and reveals him in a new and and, uh, profound light but it doesn't stop there joseph that light bounces off him and illuminates god the father for us so that we can see god the father through the icon saint joseph which reveals lessons for our lives and how to become great fathers.
0: right i see i see so you can we can understand joseph's uh, obedience for example by looking at abraham's obedience or um, that's what you mean. I mean, that's one. Absolutely. Of the,
7: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Now, so the, um, I mean, obviously the book is for fathers, for dads, uh, is that it? Or is this a book that a mother could read or, or someone who's not a father yet could read?
5: Yeah. Oh, definitely. Uh, a man who is not a father yet, or a man who's a spiritual father, say a priest,
0: oh, yes, um,
5: or or you know, a deacon. The lessons apply to all men because we're really, what we're all in search of is how to be a real man and how to be a spiritual father, which we're all called to be. And so, the lessons of silence, obedience, and sacrifice—they they apply to every man in this universe, and and they're universal in its a- appeal to move us from just a benign, mundane life to something of a holy, uh, vital—a life of vitality and power. So these lessons apply. Now, women could read it, but it's written specifically to men. Right. And and uh, I think women could read it from the perspective of, okay, how do I help my husband yes. become the man he's called yeah. to be?
0: There you go. Women, a, a good Father's Day gift right here. And then you can read it on the side. Um, you, I don't want to let you go before uh, without asking you about, you're the co-founder of an organization called Fathers of St. Joseph. And, mm-hmm. and you call it a confraternity for fathers. Can you Can you tell us more?
5: sure uh when we when i started writing the book i was a part of a writers group i actually um founded this writers group for my brother because he is a writer i'm not a writer i'm not an academic or a theologian right. and and so we would go through rotation and i would share these little reflections on st joseph and one of the guys said you know you got to you got to you got to we can't share. We just can't keep this between us any longer. We've got to share this with more men. Mm-hmm. So we founded the Confraternity of Fathers of Saint Joseph. It's about anywhere between sixty and eighty guys meet on first and third Wednesdays, oh, yeah. and we. uh We break down each section in the book, each daily meditation, with uh, indigestible talking points. We have adoration for about a half an hour, and then we go into the meeting part of it. And uh, it's just amazing what God is doing. And men are contacting me from all over the nation asking how they can... You know, start when we're really not quite there yet. But a lot of guys are like, for example, a man uh, down south just bought 512 books, wow. and and distributed to all these men, and they're they're having groups um, meeting and, and discussing the material in the book. Another guy in ten, Tennessee. Uh, Mark Hauk from The King's Men and Patrick Coffin from Catholic Answers Lives. All all these men have groups that they're using the book for their material to discuss,
1: just like we
0: are. You know what? I think (laughs) you you say you're not ready yet, but maybe you are, because now that uh, everybody—we're getting a lot of listeners across North America that you might be getting uh, some phone calls, because I know there's a need. (laughs) There's a need. Men need. And this is the kind of stuff we need in the parishes. And I've actually been thinking about starting a men's group, uh, not just for fathers, but also in my parish. So it's great to have lots of resources. Um, Devin, we have to leave it there. But thank you so much for, for the work that you're doing and for writing the book and for uh, sharing it with us.
7: Uh, God bless you, Deacon Pedro.
0: Devin Schatt is a husband, father, author, and speaker. He is the co-founder of the Fathers of St. Joseph, an apostolate that works for the renewal of authentic fatherhood. His latest book, Joseph's Way, Prayer of Faith is published by Ignatius Press. You can learn more at josephswaybook.com. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Colin Ray with She's With Me from his album Never Going Back. She's
1: with me I proudly tell the mater d' As we arrive He seems surprised In a clumsy moment As he looks for room For her blessed chair table stares And their eyes show only pity as they try to sympathize Oh how difficult that must be, look away But day after day They'll never see The joy you need I'm only happy at the times I know that she Like a badge of honor at the mall I hear her call The only way that she is able With a cry Time to go bye-bye She can't say why Maybe tired, maybe hurting God, I wish that I could tell Do I ever make her happy for a while? See her smile, it makes my weak. Though she can't speak, she lets me know she feels my love when she's with me. I know just what heaven looks like when I see that perfect face, for no other mortal heart could be so fair i myself so weak and weary, so imperfect as a man. How could I be the one you chose to care for our girl? I've never done a single deed to earn the right to share her light. Though it's such a painful road we walk each day, Lord, you have your ways this I pray on the day I stand before you she'll stand right by my side and when you look upon me head hung down in shame I'll feel the blame she'll look at me and then she'll speak in that precious voice Don't worry about him, my Lord, cause you see.
0: with me from his album, Never Going Back. Colin Ray's golden voice is one of the most loved voices in country music. He's also very successful with 24 top 10 records and 16 number one hits. And you may be familiar with some of these songs, Love Me In This Life, On The Verge, and If I Were You. Colin has consistently used his fame to advance social causes, including Al-Anon, Special Olympics, Catholic Relief Services, and Child Help USA. After the death of his granddaughter Haley in 2010, Colin and his daughter Brittany established the Haley Bell Blessed Chair Foundation to support families of people with disabilities. And Colin has just published his autobiography, A Voice Undefeated. And to tell us all about it, I am now joined by Colin Ray. Colin, it's a pleasure to have you on the Salt and Light Hour.
7: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for talking to me.
0: Yes, good. So um, we have a lot to cover. So you say that your life changed in 1983 twice when you found faith and when you found fatherhood. How?
7: Those two moments were defining moments for me, and, and they, they define me. I'm a, I'm a Catholic and I'm a father and a grandfather, and everything else I have done in my life is is secondary or far far down the list uh, of importance compared to those Mm
0: -hmm. what 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 was it about the catholic faith that attracted you
7: well a number of things i think first of all the uh as i you know as i started to to go through rcia and learn about the history of the church and i think the authority that what i had been taught as a baptist was that well no church or no body on earth has a special authority from christ Mm-hmm. It is—it's up to every man to interpret the scriptures the way he will, and to me that always seemed like chaos. I mean, look, like the snake churches in West Virginia and stuff—you know, where they where—which is which, which there's a lot of those, and it, it totally stems from one passage in the Gospel of Mark where the Lord talks about handling snakes, and that you really you know, his believers in the latter days will be able to to handle poisonous vipers and not be harmed. I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think he really meant go play with rattlesnakes. But they do,
0: yeah, and
7: so my point is is, is if, if you if you leave it up to everybody to just decipher the scriptures the way they will, I mean look out, you're looking for trouble. you're asking for trouble there, mm-hmm. and I love the fact when, especially when it was shown to me that the authority went from Peter on you know the apostles to now, I thought, yeah, that mm-hmm. makes sense. You see to me if somebody wants to sell me something, it's got to pass the smell test it's got to yeah. it's got to add up, it's got to have logic, but d- during this process. I knew from my Baptist upbringing that they better be able to back it up in the Scriptures, right? Mm-hmm. So every time we would talk about confession, talk about always uh, supposed to be stumbling blocks for a Protestant, mm-hmm. was shown to me biblically to where I was like, "Oh my gosh, this this is the Bible chart. <laughs> this this is the one that that is accurate with the Scriptures," you know. Right. And I think so. And, and that was a, a revelation to me, you know. Um, but I walked into a Catholic church and I felt like something really good and beautiful in the room that I couldn't see. Mm-hmm. And I would later come to find out that that was the, the, the host, you know. Mm-hmm. And the, but at the first, when I first walked in and saw people on their knees feeling so reverent, uh, behaving so reverently, I thought, this, this makes more sense to me, this, this is the way I think God would prefer us worship Him.
0: Right, right. Um... You also talk in the book about your your brother the car accident he had when you were twelve. From that time, suffering has been a part of your life. What what would you say is the significance of suffering in your life?
7: I mean, my life. You know, and I've never been a a complainer because I don't. I believe you know the, Don Henley and the Eagles did a song a few years ago called called, called Get Over It and I and I really I love that because it just basically says look every, everybody gets bad stuff just get over it mm-hmm. don't don't lean on that crutch the rest of your life and and my childhood was certainly not a a, a beaver cleaver, you know Brady Bunch but I love my parents they did the good mm-hmm. with what they were equipped with and um the divorce definitely was was I remember it was a big time. Get divorced when you're 11 years old, it's going to leave a mark. But to me, I always saw beyond it. it I think it bothered my brother a lot more than it bothered me. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I just want everybody to get along, you know, just leave me alone sort of attitude. Um, and then, of course, seeing my brother almost be killed in a horrible way like that, and watching him come back from from near death. Mm-hmm. And that would, that would be something that would, little that I know, but that would sort of set a precedent for me, that I that I would would be destined, I guess, to spend a, a lot of time in hospitals
0: mm-hmm. in my
7: life, but never as the patient. Yeah. I've been very blessed with a very healthy healthy body. I get that from my dad's side of the family, I guess, and I've, I've never spent a night in hospital, never been in, admitted to a hospital. Mm-hmm. Neither is he, and he's 83 years old. Well, huh. been. <laughs> so I continue that, that, but I've spent a lot of time in them with loved ones, and uh, sometimes the outcome was very good. Sometimes the outcome was not very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, but I think those those I've always had stuff thrown at me. You know, the meteors have come my way, and you get just so used to feeling them. You feeling them like like pitches and like baseball, for, You know, yeah. you get so used to feeling them that that uh, it definitely toughens you up, and you don't overreact to things. Mm-hmm. I don't overreact to stuff because that because there was obviously a world full of suffering, and I was from a, a the old school, the school of, well, if you just pray for God, help, he'll, you know, he'll pay your rent for you. Mm-hmm. He'll make sure, he'll make sure nobody's sick. And I was like, no, that's not true, because people are still sick and people still die. I mean, he suffered when he was here, so why are we supposed to just cruise through life, you know, unbothered just because we pray? I don't, that didn't make any sense to me. So mm-hmm. the Catholic Church is the only church that I'd ever heard that, that preached the value in suffering and how you could attach your suffering to uh, to 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 Christ Himself, to the cross, and for, right. for the to salvation of souls. I thought, man, that 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 makes sense to me. That sounds like something Christ would have instituted Himself, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to this. Look, if you're not getting healed, then you're just not praying hard enough, or you just don't have strong enough faith. That's that's excuse me, that's crap. Yeah, that's so just total BS. I mean, because I mean, uh, you, that's like saying, well, you, you your your loved one died because you didn't have a strong enough faith
0: yeah you
1: know, yeah that,
7: that's that's not what he meant that's not what God meant and and um, so I think you know once I learned found the church when I did, it saved me it's, to this day it saved me because of that knowledge and belief that that assurance that whatever comes our way, there's a reason for it mm-hmm. and uh, can i can I describe why my granddaughter died and why no, have no clue, mm-hmm. but am I confident in the fact that he does know why? Yep.
0: yeah I right. am. And that he suffers with you. Um, t- talk to us about Haley's death, your granddaughter, and how, how did that change you?
7: Well, I mean, when you, I think the worst thing that could happen to anyone on earth uh, is not their own sickness and demise, but the, the death of a child. Mm-hmm. When you bury one of your own, and, and even more so when you watch your own baby being slowly destroyed by a disease, an unknown disorder, no one can diagnose, and she gets worse every day and every week. It's just and everything you pray for, uh, even little things you pray for to improve, get way worse. Every no, it was almost like the more you pray for one thing to get better, it would get worse every time.
1: Mm-hmm.
7: That is is uh, it's the hardest thing any human can go through, in my opinion. And uh, I'm certainly, I mean, there's certainly been circumstances where people have it a lot worse than we did. So we we weren't, but but just in general, the principle of losing your baby and watching her. Suffer and not being able to do anything about it, and then eventually putting her in the ground—that's um, tough. Yeah, um, it, it changes you like nothing, like no other event can. Because then you're, you you really are left with with two alternatives. You can one alternative is to is to just check out and become a drunk, sit over in the corner and, and stay inebriated stare stare outside the window until your time comes, you know, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Or you've got, to, you've got to pull your boots up and get up the next day and keep living and, and hope that uh, that you can still be useful to mankind, to your family, and to God. And God's the grace of God is the only way, the only way on earth that you can survive something like that. And, you know, why did he choose for Haley to suffer the way he I have no clue. I, I really don't. But I hope someday, if I'm lucky enough and booked enough to be able to stand in front of him, and I'll, 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 then, then I'll know. Yeah. Then our eyes will be open. But you know, sometimes there's, I just believe that some souls come into this earth that are so fragile and so tender, so delicate, and so perfect. Of course, we're all perfect. Our souls are perfect. always get here perfect, you know. But i think he just figures the world is too rough a place for this per, for this person to to be mm-hmm. in very long and i'm gonna let him live just a little while and i'm gonna take him home mm-hmm. and i think that was the case with Haley. she was just an angel and just as perfect as perfect could be and mm-hmm. even as a child when we didn't know she she just was this special holy holy little child you know yeah. um you could just tell there was something different about her and so that's his business, you know. I look at that; it's like it. Might, but the bottom line is, he's God, and and not, yeah. And so, whatever whatever he ordains, we have to roll with it, you know. And but 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 the, the Holy Spirit has blessed us inordinately, and that, that is the only way we've been able to survive. Is it? Do you get over it? No, you never get over it. You never get over it. You never stop crying. You never stop looking at her things and just longing for them, want to fall on the floor and cry. That's always going to be there. But you do realize that you have a purpose still, and God's not done with us, mm-hmm. and we have to to
0: move on it's it's a, It is a fascinating story, not just for people who 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 are your fans, they follow your career, your music, but also just as an inspiring story of, like you said, faith, fatherhood, suffering. there's a lot there. Um We have to leave it there, Colin. but thank you so much for uh, for writing the book, for sharing your life with us a little today. I'm sorry the phone connection wasn't great um, but uh, but this has been a great pleasure.
7: Thank you so much. I enjoyed it as well. I hope everybody can make up most of what I said. But, <laughs> but you never know, the, the, the weather is beyond our control.
0: <laughs> Amen. Thank you very much. God bless.
7: Thanks so much. God bless.
0: You can learn more about Colin Ray at his website, colinray.com. His autobiography, A Voice Undefeated, is published by Ignatius Press. Here now is Colin Ray with that single that was inspired by the, his granddaughter, Haley, and that also inspired the title of the book, Undefeated.
1: Darkness souls surround me. It's crazy, but nothing of this world will ever save me. Wage it alone and start to come undone. Then you arrive and lift me. We fight as one. You fill my cup When I'm used up And poured out So depleted You are my light You make things right So I stand Undefeated Undefeated I know I so often you, but you don't turn away when I'm about to. My anger builds within and crowds me out. Then you let go the mercy I can't.
0: Listening to Colin Ray's single "Undefeated," and that will take us to the end of the program next week. We're giving away a copy of Colin Ray's book, *A Voice Undefeated*, published by Ignatius Press. All you have to do to win the book is to go to our website, saltandlighttv.org/radio, and look for where it says "Stay Connected" for a chance to win weekly prizes. Just enter your name and your email address for a chance to win. Also, you can comment on our Facebook page and that will definitely get you entered into our weekly draw. While you're on Facebook, you can also like me, look for Deacon Pedro. And if you're on Twitter, my handle is at Deacon Pedro GM. Remember that this program is available for free thanks to donations. So if you like to continue listening, please consider us when making your charitable contributions. Visit us at saltandlighttv.org to find out how you can support our ministry. Thank you for your support, and thank you for listening. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.
1: You heal these wounds, unseal my tomb, and I'll rise undefeated.